we're not tuned in to the Skyscraper Fantasy Spotlight Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Skyscraper Fantasy Spotlight Podcast. I am your host, AJ Malak, joined once again by the Commissioner CEO Lagrasso and the CEO Steve Sack. Make sure you guys are using the hashtag SSFantasy and make sure to check us out at soundcloud.com slash skyscraper sports. Boys, what's going on? What's up, guys and girls? What is up, everybody? We've uh, been gone for a little bit. We got some news to get to, some huge news in the NFL. And we're going to start at the top with the Teddy Bridgewater news. Mass- yes? Massive Teddy Bridgewater injury. It was a non-contact injury. Twitter was a buzz when this happened. Torn ACL, dislocated knee, other structural damage. They're not even sure if he'll be ready in 2017. So they went ahead and traded for Sam Bradford. They gave up a lot. They gave up a first rounder next year and a fourth rounder in 2017. 18. 2018, my fault. And, um, yeah, that's that's a lot to give up for a guy that they're hoping is going to be their starter for just one year. And he's only under contract for two years. So interesting to see how that's going to work out for them. Um, and for a lot of money also. Yeah, they're paying him $18 million this year. And... I guess they think, hey, it's Super Bowl or nothing. We didn't want to go in with Sean Hill. And obviously, Bradford is an upgrade to Sean Hill. Uh, we'll see how it works out for them. But in more important fantasy news, Bridgewater was never really fantasy relevant. I don't think that you guys would assume Sam Bradford's going to be fantasy relevant. But there is some guys that it does affect, uh, most notably Adrian Peterson. And it will be interesting to see what that does for his stock. And I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think that does for his stock? Originally, with Sean Hill, I was thinking that his stock would be down a little bit because they'd be in the red zone less and they'd be on the field less. But now with Bradford, who is basically what Teddy Bridgewater is, if not maybe even a little better at this point in his career. A little. What are you guys thinking about Adrian Peterson's stock? CeeLo, we'll start with you. It stays the same. Um, AP is AP. He can go for 300 carries, almost 2,000 yards, maybe. But he is fantasy relevant still. He is a first-rounder. Um, I got him in my seventh overall pick in my draft. I mean, why not? Why not draft him there? I wouldn't well, disagree. Why not? Why not? It's Adrian Peterson. Why not? It's, we're talking about Adrian Peterson. Guys. Steve, what do you yeah, think I, about Yeah, I'm with Steele on this one. I think AP stock stays about the same. I don't really see it going up or down. I don't see it going up because the defense is going to plan for it a little more, in my opinion. Um, and I don't see it going down because, like Silo said, he still is AP. He's not really human. So um, it stays the same for me, but I'm a little more intrigued by Stefan Diggs' stock. Yes, I'm, uh, that was my next question. What do you got about Stefan Diggs' stock, up or down? Me, I, I say it's going up. Okay. Um, because last year, Diggs averaged 6.5 targets a game. And that's, that's about mediocre, middle of the pack and everything like that. So, I mean, it, you know, it's not really going to get worse, I don't think. I think that it's a good risk to take. It's a good gamble to take. Um, new quarterback, maybe his chemistry with Bradford will be better than Bridgewater. I mean, we don't really know that, but I think that it's it's worth a shot, and that's why I drafted him. Um, so I think, yeah, it's worth a shot. And uh, 6.5 targets game last year, I see that going up this year. See you all. If we knew about this injury, I would say like a month ago with Bradford, I would put Diggs higher than his average draft position. But as of right now, with 
Bradford coming onto the team a week before the season starts. I would say he has more upside. Right, yeah, that's what that's what I meant. So, I mean, it is what it is right now. Bridgewater threw for 14 touchdowns last year. But Bradford is a little bit better than Bridgewater. So, yeah, he definitely has more upside in the middle to the end of the season, like playoff. That's better. And also, right now, just for information, Diggs is being drafted 107th overall. So... Now that with the with the Brad uh, with Bradford stepping in, I think that goes up. I would look at if yeah he's going in the tenth round of twelve team leagues, eleventh round of ten team leagues, around the eleventh maybe even twelfth. I think he's worth a gamble as a wide receiver four or five. I was definitely down on him when it was Sean Hill who's got probably the weakest arm in the NFL, Ew. but uh, now with Sam Bradford who really isn't good but. It doesn't really take a good quarterback, as we've seen before. We saw Peyton Manning last year. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders were still pretty good. Um, they won a Super Bowl, so it doesn't really take ex- outstanding. They got great defense. They got a great run game, and I love Diggs' talent. So I'm not up on him. I'm not down on I think this doesn't affect either of their statuses. Also, um, I, I kind of have a little soft spot for Bradford. Because when uh, me and AJ over here used to play NCAA 09, I used to play with the Oklahoma Sooners, <laughs> and that was my guy. That's true. And uh, I used to kill AJ in that every single game. So That's, that's not guy. true. <laughs> but, um, well, I used the guy. I have a soft spot for Clemson and CJ Spiller. He used to run up the score with him. But uh, also, quick mention that uh, Sam Bradford, Adrian Peterson, both Oklahoma alums. Not a good weekend for Oklahoma, though, losing to Houston, number three team in the nation going down. Did you lose that bet? I did not bet that game, but I did bet uh, LSU would win, so shout out to me. Uh, moving on to another quarterback injury. Only down 50 bucks right now, guys, so hopefully I turn no, this around. Hopefully I turn around in the NFL. Keep your head up, dude. Um, moving on to Tony Romo injury. Tony Romo made it three plays in the preseason before going down. Hey, for, shout out Tony. For presumably most of the season. It's looking like they're going to keep him off IR, but I don't know when he's going to be back. They just got Mark Sanchez to back up Dak Prescott. Mark Sanchez may make a couple starts for the Cowboys, which is something us Giants fans have to look forward to. Yeah. But um, what does that do for Zeke and Dez's fantasy stock? I'll start with you, CeeLo. Elliott is more run game now. Definitely more run game. You got a rookie quarterback. You got a solid defense. I wouldn't say it's crazy. But can you really trust a rookie quarterback right now? They have a pretty good O-line, too, I heard, don't they? He did have a lot of time in preseason. The O-line, I'm saying. Yeah, it's no, pretty decent, yeah, right? The O-line gave him a lot of time to throw and everything. But now you have Elliott. He ran through Cam Chancellor. Did you guys see that? Yeah. That was awesome. That This kid is going to be crazy in the NFL. So they're going to use Elliott a lot. They still have backups on running back with the Alfred Morris and uh, McFadden, so... I think the run game is going to be huge for the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Zeke's stock is up. They're going to run it a lot more, kind of rely on their running game. Um, and he could handle the workload. He's still a young guy. He's not an old guy like Adrian Peterson, even though he defies all odds. But I like Zeke. I think he can handle the workload and the extra carries he's going to get now with Romo out. So I'm really I'm, – I'm up on him, definitely. What about Des Bryant? Dez stock is going down. It went down already in my draft. He went, I believe, 19? Yes. Yeah. 19? 
This guy was projected, uh, I believe, early second round, maybe a first rounder, a number 10 or 9. Now his fantasy value went down. Um, but Prescott, with that much time in the pocket, it's it's going to be tough for Dez to get the touches that he wants. And if he keeps... If the uh, Cowboys keep posting vines of him dropping passes from that machine, that's it's going <laughs> to drop his ADP even more. So I'm, I'm way down on Dez as well. Uh, I saw a stat online that said, with fa- with Tony Romo, Dez Bryant averages 11 fantasy points, and without, he averages 8. Just about, yeah. So around that. So, so that's a huge drop-off. Um, it's almost 25% drop-off. So I'm, I'm way, way, way down on Dez Bryant. I'd take him third, fourth round now. Uh, yeah, I got to agree with both. I recently just drafted Ezekiel Elliott with the ninth overall pick, and I'm ecstatic about it, mainly because not only does this mean more carries, he was always going to get carries and behind that great offensive line, but with a running quarterback, you could ask Alfred Morris how he liked this, but when you're, you always have the threat of the read option, linebackers tend to freeze that extra half a second that allows for running backs to break the big one, and I think that they'll run a lot of read option. Dak Prescott is a known mobile quarterback, so they're going to not be able to react as quick as they would like to to the Zeke run with the threat of Dak Prescott keeping it, and I think that's going to open it up for Zeke. And, like, Des Bryant's never been a high-target guy. He's really relied on his touchdowns. So I think the touchdowns will still be there, the touchdown upside with Des. He's always a guy that has the potential for 12 touchdowns. Um, but yeah, I was never really high on Dez even with Romo to begin with because the injury bug scares me. And now I'm definitely, he's, he's still in the second tier receivers for me, but he's at the very bottom of that second tier receivers for me. Do you keep Prescott in at week 10 if the Cowboys are six and four or five and five, or do you put Romo in or is this the last season with Romo in the Cowboys jersey? I think that if Tony Romo cared anything about his life after football, he would retire today and hang up the cleats because he's gonna have Just a tough. Like Troy Aikman. He's gonna have a tough time walking with with uh, his fragile bones. Um, but yeah, I would say if they're anything less than eight and two, you got to bring back in Tony Romo. Maybe maybe if you can, if they have the playoffs in the sights and only need to win two or three more games, and they're confident in Dak. You maybe save Tony for the playoffs, give him a couple more weeks to rest up that back. But um, yeah, I think you're gonna go, they're gonna go back to Romo and at least give it one more go. And if he can't do it, then I think if Prescott shows enough, this is the end of Romo. And also, we got our uh, our fan question on Twitter from at Christian Youssef one twenty seven, who asked us with Romo being out, does that make Dak Prescott fantasy relevant? And I would say as a streamer. Uh, there's they have a very easy schedule, the easiest quarterback schedule of, in terms of last year's fantasy points against for quarterbacks. So I would say he's definitely streamer available. If you want to take a shot on him late as a quarterback too, I don't mind it. I think that the quarterback position is so deep that you don't need to trust a rookie quarterback. But in certain matchups, I mean, he gets the Eagles twice. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind using trotting Dak out if you're a streaming quarterback guy or you got an injury. You guys agree? Yeah, I agree. And this is we're also assuming that Romo's coming back after week 10, like in the 11th round. So that's not – we know Romo's history. That's not 100% certain. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, I'm agreeing with it. Um, Prescott, QB2. If you're playing two-quarterback system, I would definitely draft him. But that's if you're desperate. It's not like 
you really need him. And are you really gonna trust a court, uh, rookie quarterback on your team? Yeah, I, I'm not. Um, also, just wanted to make one more note since we're talking about rookie quarterbacks. With the trade of Sam Bradford, the Eagles are reportedly going to start Carson Wentz if he's healthy for week one. Uh, Carson Wentz, I feel, is in the same boat as Prescott, maybe even a little less because he doesn't have that star receiver and doesn't have that star line. So in a two-quarterback system, maybe I'll take a shot on him. I'll take a shot on him as a streamer if he shows me anything, but I'm not drafting Carson Wentz. Stay away from Carson Wentz. He's a Division two college quarterback. I would not trust it at all. Oh. He, this kid needs to be developed first in order to play in the NFL. Uh, also, one more set of news. Justin Forsett was released yesterday. Um, they're saying that there's a chance that he gets re-signed, and it was just a money thing. But uh, as of right now, Terrence West seems to be the starter with uh, Buck Allen as the passing down back. But the guy I'm looking for in that Ravens uh, offense as the running back is Kenneth Dixon, the rookie. When he comes back from his injury, he has a torn MCL. They're saying the timetable on that's anywhere from two weeks to six weeks. But I think by the end of the season, Dixon's going to be a guy that might be able to win you a league if he takes over the reins in that backfield. Uh, we're going to move on. We're going to talk a little. We had a draft over the past week that all three of us are in the same league. So we're just going to talk about how that unfolded and some strategy and some surprises, some regrets, some best pick, worst pick, and whatnot. And hopefully you guys drafted a couple of these guys and you could get some perspective on how we think about their ADPs and their value and what, if you haven't drafted yet, what you could look for when your draft comes up. So we'll uh, start with you, Steve, who had a nice luxury of having Lamar Miller as a 10th round keeper. Yep. Yeah, so pretty much my draft strategy, yeah, like AJ just said, I kept Lamar Miller in the 10th round. So I was pretty much already set with an RB1, and I had the 6th pick, so 6, 14, and everything like that, and on and on. And I we actually are able to trade picks, so I traded some picks. So my picks were 3, 23, 26, 42, and 50 in the first couple rounds. Um, so with the first pick, my first pick, I took Julio at 3. Then at 23, I took C.J. Anderson. I think he's going to have a real bounce back year, especially with whatever is going on with them at quarterback. I think that they're going to rely a lot on their run game, I think. And then I took Alshon Jeffrey. Really like Jeffrey. I had him last year. And when he's healthy, the dude is an animal. Uh, I think he could finish top six or seven receivers if he's healthy all 16 games. And I think Jay Cutler, you know, I, I like him. I think that he throws a lot to Jeffrey and I just really like him. And then I took, th this was one of my most exciting picks. I took Delaney Walker, 42nd overall. I just love Delaney Walker. <laughs> we kind of talked about him uh, last week. And I just think that he is, if he's healthy, and he usually is healthy, he's a top three tight end. We'll, we'll get to that a little later. So I was, I wrote his name up on the board and I skipped back to my seat for another eight picks. And then I picked Baldwin, 50th overall. I'm not, I'm not in love with him, but he's my flex. So my first five picks, Julio, Lamar Miller, C.J. Anderson, Delaney Walker, uh, and Doug Baldwin. That's six picks. Uh, I need to go back to elementary school. And, yeah, th that that was kind of my draft strategy. So I went Julio at three because OBJ and Brown were taken and everything like that. So Do you have any regrets on your draft? Anything you would have liked to have done different seeing how it unfolded? See, that That's the thing. Seeing how it unfolded after, I kind of had a little regret at 23. So I took C.J. Anderson 23. And then for seven picks, there were no running backs taken. It was all 
receivers quarterback. So I would personally, I would have ra- waited a little bit on CJ Anderson uh, taking him twenty six or something like that. But um, yeah, it, it's it's like you have to see how it unfolds. When I took CJ Anderson, I had no regrets at all. But looking back and then seeing Amari Cooper, Hilton, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Watkins, and all them go after, then I was like, I, I could have waited on him. But no, I, I don't really have any regrets. Commissioner, you're the commissioner of this league. Another successful draft for you as the host. Uh, what did you think about your draft and what was your strategy going in? Because I know you, during the draft, were saying how none of it unfolded the way you envisioned and that you kind of started... It never imp- does. Imp- it never does, but you started to kind of improvise a little bit. So talk yeah. us through what you went through. Um. Well, I took AP at seven. I wanted David Johnson, but my dad, a.k.a. Fast Eddie... Take David Johnson with the fast move. <laughs> I was a little shocked about that, but, you know, me and my dad had the same draft strategy uh, because we had a draft before my draft that day. So he stole a couple of my picks, but, you know, and I'm satisfied with my picks. You know, I got AP at number seven. I mean, when was the last time AP went seventh in the draft? Yeah. Can you guys remember that? After he tore his ACL when he went in the second <laughs> round and then won MVP and won everyone exactly. in their leagues that took him. So I went to the AP, got him. At seven, and then I want I wanted to Got come him. back. <laughs> I came back and took Mike Evans in the second round at seventeenth pick. You know, because we trade picks, so I didn't have my fourteenth uh, pick. I didn't love that to let you know. Well, I should have went with the uh, Jordy Nelson. That was one of my regrets because the Packers do have an easy schedule this year. But then again, and Mike after, Evans has the toughest schedule. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. And what about your boy Brandon Marshall? Jets fans supposed to represent for the Jets. I can't man. do that. I don't draft uh, Jets players unless they drop, which I'll get to later. Um, but regrets, definitely I should have took Nelson over Evans. But then I wanted to come back in the third round, an early third round pick again. And I should have took Eddie Lacy, but, you know, he got drafted before me. But then, you know, my plan executed perfectly. I texted AJ. That's sitting right next to me. And my friend Rob, I'm like, listen, he can't be kept. I'm talking about Mark Cooper now. Can't be kept in the sixth round. So one of the owners had him. And my friend Rob, well, one of the owners, uh, traded his picks to so he uh, Cooper can't get kept. So you know what? Took Cooper third round. Then I came back and got the bad man, Aaron Rogers. He is a bad man. Yes, that was MVP. So, who was your top five picks? You had Peterson, Evans, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper, Aaron Rodgers, and who was your fifth? I took, I believe, Eric Decker. Eric Decker. So you you had a solid draft. You would give it to yourself, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Regrets? His regret. Yeah, was, my regret was um, I took Evans over Nelson, and I'm happy okay. with Cooper. That's who I wanted. Yeah, um, as for my draft, I had the first pick and obviously went Antonio Brown. And then I traded up from 20 to 13 since May with the plan to get A.J. Green, who was my guy this year. And he was snatched up from me at the 10th pick by this man, Rob, we speak of. And, yeah, I was super disappointed by that. The 12 guys that I did not want to go in front of me at 13 did, which left me no choice but to take Le'Veon Bell who now I have to wait on for three games, and I'm hoping he returns to form. And then at 33 was my next pick because I mortgaged my future for A.J. Green, didn't get him. 
And somehow or another, the fantasy gods were smiling upon me. And I wound up with Doug Martin at 33. So what could have been at 120 and 21, I could have wound up with Antonio Brown, Brandon Marshall, and Eddie Lacy. But instead, I wound up with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. So I went back-to-back Steelers. But D'Angelo Williams was the best running back in the AFC last year in terms of fantasy points. And then went Doug Martin at 33. Came back around, took Randall Cobb, and then kept Latavius Murray in the fifth. So I got great running backs. I got So I'm, I'm working with Brown, working with Cobb as my two. And then when healthy, I'll have Doug Martin with Le'Veon Bell and Latavius Murray. Then waited to get quarterbacks and took Eli and Phillip Rivers. So based on matchups, I'll have a quarterback one, hopefully at all times. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy about my draft. There was a chance that it could have went terribly. But when Doug Martin fell to me at 33, that basically saved my draft for me. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking good in that league too. And my only regret is not going higher to get A.J. Green because I really wanted to go zero running back and have Brown and Green. And I couldn't pull it off. But uh, I own Randall Cobb in all 11 of my leagues in NFL 10s. So if Randall Cobb does really well, I should be looking at a good fantasy year. I'm really not that high on AJ Green, to be honest. I'm super high on AJ Green. I'm almost as high as Le'Veon Bell. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know he's listening, by the way. Well, please do good and stop smoking <laughs> weed. Um. <laughs> We're going to talk now overall what we saw in the draft, best pick and worst pick. You can't say yourself because obviously you like your picks. So um, I'm going to start it off. Uh, my my least favorite picks, I have two of them. We had an owner who traded. He had a lot of picks early, so his ninth pick was in the sixth round. And he took LeGarrette Blunt in the sixth round. And I understand that with Deion Lewis out, LeGarrette Blunt te- is probably going to see a lot of work, see the goal line work. But to take a Patriots running back in the sixth round is too high for me, especially for Blunt. You never know if Blunt's going to get five carries or 30 carries. And we talked and about this. Did he not listen to the podcast when we talked about Patriots? We told him to listen to the podcast, and he didn't listen to the podcast, and now he's got Garrett Blunt in the sixth round. And another really bad pick to me was Jimmy Graham went in the eighth round. Uh, fast Eddie, CeeLo's dad that we were just talking about, started off really hot. David Johnson, Mark Ingram, Jordy Nelson, and then faded off, especially Jimmy Graham. We don't know if he'll get eight games, nevertheless be worth an eight-round pick, you know, coming off a patella tendon injury. Victor Cruz was unable to even get on the field after that. So, I mean, I was looking at Jimmy Graham as undraftable, and if you're going to draft him last round, if that, and he gets drafted in the eighth round of a 15-round draft, so I hated that. And my best picks, obviously the the consensus best pick in the draft was Steve's keeper, Lamar Miller, in the 10th round. Yeah. If you're going to keep – I had a draft where I took Lamar Miller 11th overall. Steve's keeping him in the hundreds. So, I mean, that doesn't really count as best pick. It's Miller time, baby. But, yeah, that's – if you could get Lamar Miller anywhere, in, even in the third, that's ridiculous. And to get him in the 10th is just stealing. But, Stupid. Uh, Derrick Henry in the ninth was another pick I love. Derrick Henry is looking like a late riser. It's looking more and more like DeMarco Murray's going to have a tough time holding him off. He's just running people over. So he's going to have a role. They're going to have a tough time keeping him off the field. Uh, Silo, what did you see in the draft that you liked and didn't like? The best pick was by you, AJ. John Brown in the seventh round. That's what I like um, to hear. Yeah, we start our keeper round in the sixth round, six through 15. 
And AJ got him in the seventh round. John Brown. My thoughts on that was keeper. I don't think Michael Floyd will be in a Cardinals uniform next year, contract year. I don't think they have the money to re-sign him. And Larry Fitzgerald will be another year older by that time. So John Brown, I'm thinking, is going to be about a third rounder by the time we get to this point next year. So, yeah, I'm loving that pick as well. But obviously I don't want to toot my own horn, so I appreciate it. Um, and what do you think about bad picks? Um, the worst pick was Josh Gordon in the sixth round. Uh, four, he's suspended four games. You got to be kidding me. And one of the owners in our league, I can go on and on about him, but you know what? Take it easy. But Josh Gordon got drafted over Lockett, John Brown, Michael Crabtree, and Alan Hearns. Yeah, that, that I, I, I agree with your sentiment. <laughs> Speechless. I'm a little speechless on that pick. See, uh, Steve, what did you see? Uh, my best pick, in my opinion, uh, was Eddie Lacy. I think Eddie Lacy in the early third. We we talked about him in a previous podcast. I think he's due for a huge year. Take the top off, baby. Just about to say, CeeLo, he's in a contract year. Can't talk enough about that. So I liked him a lot. He was drafted ahead of guys like CJ Anderson, LaShawn McCoy, Thomas Rawls, Doug Martin, and Matt Forte. So I, I really like that. I think he's going to have a bounce back year. I think that whole pa- uh, Packers offense is going to have a real nice back uh, bounce back year. And my worst pick, just said his name, um, he was drafted after this dude, Jonathan Stewart in the early fourth round. <laughs> I like Jonathan Stewart. I had him last year. I think he's a great running back, one healthy, and I like him in that Panthers offense, except for uh, near the goal line because Cam Newton steals all of his touchdowns. But the only reason I'm saying Jonathan Stewart is because he was picked one pick ahead of Doug Martin. Yeah. AJ took him. That was my favorite pick of the draft was Jonathan Stewart because that's who I would have wound up with. And instead I get Doug Martin who had 1,400 rushing yards. Right. So so, runner-up for the rushing title. Right. So Jonathan Stewart was drafted ahead of guys like Doug Martin and Matt Forte. And I had them both ahead of him uh, on my kind of rankings. So. I think that was the worst pick, not because of where he was drafted, but because of who he was drafted ahead of. So, I, I don't know. That just was really – I really felt bad for the guys who drafted him. Uh, any last thoughts on how the draft unfolded? I'm happy. I'm happy with my team. I mean, well, CeeLo put me as the number one team in the power ranking, so I guess you could say I'm happy. Well, I had to go with the – I have to make up my power rankings in my league because a lot of people um, like to complain a lot. In my who, league, so who likes to complain? Least complaining to more complaining. Yeah, all right. T- keep telling yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah, my final comments are that if I had to rank the top three teams, they'd all be sitting at this table. So w- listen to the podcast because we know what we're talking about. Uh, yes. Um, and obviously, our other league members didn't listen to the podcast. Actually, we did have a league member that admitted to listening to the podcast, and that was their motive behind drafting Kamar Aiken, Steve Sleeper, from last episode. Shout so. out Kamar, man. Um, if you drafted him this year and you're in a keeper league, please keep him. You know, Steve Smith, just one more year left. That's it. And then Kamar Aiken's going to be the number one wide receiver on that team. Um, yeah, so moving on to some late risers. The preseason is officially over. We have real football in four days. I cannot believe it. Hopefully I can make more money than I've made on college football where I'm down 50 bucks, like I said. But um, yeah, so some late risers that you guys, now that the draft's over, you're interested in uh, maybe in the waiver wire, acquiring through a trade, or just interested to see what they do on other teams. I'll start with you, Silo. The late riser will be Jared Cook. 
Um, I drafted Zach Hurts thinking he'll have a great season in Bradford, but that didn't turn out well in the last couple of days. Jared Cook, uh, he has great chemistry with Rodgers right now, coming from a lot of sources, and it's better than Richard Rodgers, and that's their number one tight end right now with Jared Cook. Steve? I like Jared Cook, by the way. I, I like Terrence West, uh, like AJ said before. Four set was cut, so I think he has a ton of potential. I know he has to beat out, you know, running back at two, but I have faith in him, and, yeah, I'm, I mean, in the late round, I'll keep an eye on him. Maybe if he d- doesn't get drafted, I would look at him, you know, if you didn't like one of your last picks. Like, I drafted Zach Miller with my last pick in the 15th round. Who's that round. again? Uh, He's the Bears tight end. You should oh, look him right. up, man. He's he, he has really good potential, too. Yeah, I like Terrence West, Terrence West because Forsyth was cut. So I, I keep an eye on him if I were you guys. Uh, I also had Terrence West as one of my – I have five of them because I love late risers. Uh, Terrence West is one of them. If you – they're saying that Forsyth's going to resign, but as of right now, if you have a guy that's just kind of – you were unsure about one of your last picks, go pick up Terrence West right now and hold on to him and see what the deal is. I mean, football starts in a week, so I don't know what the Ravens' plan is. I doubt that they cut Justin Forsett and have him have thoughts of him as the starter. Meanwhile, he's not on their team right now. So Terrence West, definitely a guy that I just mentioned. Derrick Henry, he's rising on my board. He's obviously getting drafted, but he's just looked phenomenal. Guy won the Heisman last year, was the best player in college football, and has shown no signs of having struggles adjusting to the NFL game. I think DeMarco Murray's got his work cut out for him to keep his job. And just a couple more names. Eli Rogers for the Steelers is running ahead of Sammy Coates as the starter in the slot. And the slot guy for the Steelers is obviously very valuable. He's barely getting drafted, if not in the late rounds. Eli Rogers is a guy to definitely keep your eye on in that first Monday night game. If he gets a couple targets and has a nice game, you're going to want to run to the waiver wire, pick him up. Another guy is Devin Funchess. There's rumors that Kelvin Benjamin is going to be on a snap count week one. He's having trouble with his conditioning. You know, big guy, missed all of last season. Um, had trouble, has had past troubles with his weight. So Devin Funches is in a real opportunity to see double-digit touchdowns and a lot of targets. I agree with that one. Definitely. And one more tight end. Virgil Green is the no-doubt starter in Denver. And uh, for young quarterbacks, their best friend is that safety net as a tight end. So I could see Virgil Green sneaking into tight end one territory, and he's probably not getting drafted in most of your leagues. There's a lot of tight ends that I'm seeing on the waiver wires in my leagues that I'd have no problem with trotting out week by week. So if you're going to wait on a position, definitely wait on tight ends. Um, Yeah, so those are my late risers. So moving on, we're going to go through and make our predictions for the top three rankings on the uh, four major positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And these are going to be set in stone, and we're going to revisit these and see who is most accurate. So, Steve, we'll start with you. Give us your top three quarterbacks in order. All right, we're, we're doing uh, .5 PPR, just right. for, infor- for your information. We're always doing .5 PPR, and if you're not doing .5 PPR, talk to your commissioner, do figure it. it out. I do it. Yeah, top three quarterbacks, Rodgers, Cam, Wilson. Interesting. That's what I got to I think that's a consensus by... You know, there's there's a couple guys in the mix for that third spot, but Rodgers and Cam seem to be the top two. Steele, what do you think? I'm going the same order, Rodgers, Newton, and Wilson. And Wilson, I just don't like talking about him, how highly he's going to be. Um, that O-line is terrible. From PFF, Pro Football Focus, they ranked their O-line 32nd, and it's always been bad. 
And Wilson just does these gypsy whipsies in the middle of the field. Gypsy whipsies. And he just throws it up, and there's a wide receiver wide open. I don't know how. It's like they go into the huddle, tell them what to do, and then tell them if it's not if it's not there, your play, then you know what? Just run in circles until the cornerback gets tired, and then just get open, please. <laughs> it is a lot on tape. You do see a lot of, even in that preseason game against Dallas, that last touchdown he had to lock it. He really does just <laughs> run around for 10 seconds, and then, of course, someone's eventually going to be open. Russell Wilson. They're trying to make that a stat, right? Gypsy whipsies. Uh, if, they, if, if you had gypsy whipsy stats, Russell Wilson would definitely be on the top of the list. Um, so you both have the same rankings. I have the same top two. I do have Rodgers and Cam. I think it's worth noting that we all have Rodgers as a top fantasy quarterback over Cam. So that's not how it's being drafted. Uh, but, yeah, we're all expecting a major year from Rodgers. Um, if you go check out my predictions article, I have Rodgers winning Super Bowl MVP and the MVP. And I think Ooh. we're all on board that Rodgers is going to have a monster season. Cam at number two. Clearly, he's rushing prowess. He's unreal. My number three is not Wilson. He's my number four. My number three is Drew Brees. Drew Brees is just a model of consistency. That offensive line's making me a little nervous. They've had some trouble in the preseason. But Brees, he's a 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown guy in his sleep. He is getting up there in age, but they got a ton of weapons. They got Brandon Cooks, Willie Sneed, Brandon Coleman, Michael Thomas, Kobe Fleener. C.J. Spiller looks like he's going to have a pass-catching uh Roll. Off with Spiller, dude. Mark Ingram. Not good. Mark Ingram. Stop it, man. You Hop can't... off the Ingram train, please. Mark Ingram does a pass catcher. He has a ton of weapons, and their defense is going to be bad again. So look for Drew Brees to coast to 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns once again, which is why I have him at number three. So, Steve, we'll start with you on the running backs. Yeah, running backs, I got David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and AP. This would be different in standard, obviously, but. We're talking .5 PPR, so that's why I have AP third. And I love David Johnson. Elliott, that O-line, it's crazy. And I got AP at three because it's .5 PPR. So he doesn't get penalized for not catching patch it, for not catching passes, but the other guys just get you know, little bonuses. So that's why I got Johnson and Elliott over him. Uh, running backs, I'm going with David Johnson, AP, and Eddie Lacy, number three. I love David Johnson this year. I definitely wanted him. He's um, You can catch. You can run. You can do everything for you in fantasy football. Uh, AP, I think he had a lot of um, carries this year once again. That, Shocker. Yeah, that quarterback position right now is very, very, very shaky. And Lacey, he's going to take the top off once again. Lost weight, contract year. He wants that money. Did we ever explain what take the top off was? You just go off like you put up crazy stats. Okay, because I was a little unclear about that, but thanks you for yeah. saying that out. This <laughs> could be taken in many different ways, but um, yeah, I have <laughs> David Johnson as my one too. So interesting that we have the same QB one and RB one. David Johnson, our consensus RB one. I have Zeke at two as well. I think that with this Dak Prescott news, I don't care if he's a rookie or not. We saw what Todd Gurley did as a rookie, and I think CeeLo could run for eight hundred yards behind that line. So uh, I, I think more like twelve hundred. You would take the top off. Um yes. Yeah, so I think Zeke, he can catch the ball. He's a pass blocker. I'm not too worried about his backups. I think they'll come in and spell him every once in a while. But yeah, Zeke, he's just there the opportunity is so big that I can't see it's gonna be tough for him to fail. So you don't see him hitting that rookie wall? 
even if he does, I think he'll just have so many monster games that it really won't affect his fantasy outlook that much. He might be frustrating on some weeks, but I just love his opportunity. So love games, his schedule. How many games do you have him with uh, 100 yards, over 100 yards rushing? Uh, I think that he'll probably do it 10 times, which is already at 1,000 yards, and then you give him – Give him a low four fifty. Why are you laughing? It's a lot. It's going to be hard for Zeke not to run for thirteen hundred yards this year. And then year. if they're down in games, they're going to have to pass it. He, he he'll be in there he'll though. Catch. He'll be in there. He's a pass blocker as well. And uh, third, I have AP, just because he's getting up there in age. But you can't keep. If you're going to look me in the eyes and tell me right now that AP's not one of your top three running backs, Do you're it, just Zero. you're just being look ridiculous. In the eyes. Well, he doesn't. Eyes. Have, he has AP at two. So no, at three. No, I have him at two. Oh, so sure. look him in the eyes and tell him. I have Adrian Peterson at number two. That's what I just said. Look at me. <laughs> He's not looking <laughs> so, at me. So, uh, running backs now. I mean, wide receivers, my apologies. Wide receivers, we'll start with you, Sue. What do you got for us? Wide receiver, I got that Julio Jones. Julio Jones at one First. over AB? Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I like think the Steelers are going to struggle in the beginning. Um, don't doubt the targets that Brown will get, but... Matt Ryan has been working on his um, long passing. And Julio might be the one to take the top off once again. I'm he actually that. only had one season with double-digit touchdowns. I think he's going to break that and have at least 10. It's right. music to my ears. Keep going. Who you got a two? No, you could keep talking about Julio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two, definitely Antonio Brown. Um, the targets, like I said, don't doubt the targets. He's definitely going to get a lot of yards and catches every game. But I think they're still going to struggle. And number three is going to be OBJ. This kid is an absolute stud. Steve? I got Antonio Brown one. He's just really not fair. Uh, I got my guy OBJ at number two. And then I got Julio at three. Um, I drafted Julio third overall. I thought I was going to get Odell third, actually. I thought Julio was going to go second. but Well, the that's, more... your, that's your fault because you brought CJ. Yes, yeah, I know, I know. OBJ I know. camp. Yeah, we covered the Odell camp, and I took one of our friends, and I didn't know that he was drafting second. And uh, he took Odell right in front of me, and I'm a Giants fan, so I did not like that. And then I got Julio at third. I just think that OBJ is it's kind of on a different level than a lot of other people, and especially with Eli. I love my guy Eli, so I think that they have a special connection, and it'll still continue. Well, the... OBJ, his targets will be, I think, lower this year because of Sterling Shepard. I think he'll still get a bunch. To, he'll get enough to be. You got him at three, so, I mean, how mu- how low could it possibly be? No, yeah, exactly. Um, For me, AB number one, tough to dispute it. Um, I'll get to what I think AB is going to do in a little bit. Uh, OBJ number two for me, like Steve was mentioning, at the camp, we went to uh, cover his camp, and I met him, and I looked him in the eyes, and I could just tell there's something and special. And would you say he had a guy. special glow coming off him or something? Yeah, you just, you know those guys that, like, I'm sure, like, other celebrities feel like when they see, like, Beyonce or something, you know, just that that charisma, that, that glow about them. OBJ, he just, he's just a special guy. Carmelo had that, too. And number three... I do not have Julio Jones. I love Julio Jones. I've owned him every year I could. I actually don't own him this year. But I got number three, A.J. Green. Like I keep saying, I keep pounding the table for this guy. I think A.J. Green is going to break out in a major way. That's me pounding the table for A.J. Green. Um, I think the targets will be there. They'll be up in the 170, 180 range, maybe even 200. Um, A.J. Green 
you know, that's a guy that doesn't get the respect he deserves. He's in that tier with them. He's in the, he's, I think the tier is four wide, and it's with those three that are previously mentioned, and A.J. Green, and not enough people give him enough respect. And I genuinely believe he'll outscore Julio Jones this year in .5 PPR, mainly because I worry about Julio Jones' health and uh, his workload. But then obviously I have Julio Jones at four. But yeah, A.J. Green... Everyone's too low on A.J. Green. I think that there's an argument to be made that he should go number four behind those three in every single draft. So you're taking A.J. Green over Hopkins this year? If you're taking Hopkins over A.J. Green this year, I laugh in your face. Oh, That's what I do. Um, tight ends. S- Steve, why don't you go first? Uh-huh. They're, they're better. If we disagree on the top, I'm going to be confused. Go ahead, Steve. I know this is going to shock a lot of people with what I'm about to say. But Gronk is going to be the best tight end. Wow. Write that down. Put it in paper. I'm putting put it on paper. I'm write putting it in it stone. On paper. Gronkowski will be the highest scoring tight end this year. That is so bold. It is crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then I got uh my guy Jordan Reed. He's not really my guy because he's on the Redskins, but I think that he is one of the top targets, if not the top target in Washington, and I like Cousins a lot. So I think uh, Reed is definitely going to be number two, especially with all the touchdowns that he catches. And then I got my guy Delaney Walker at three. I was kind of going back and forth between Olsen and Walker here, but I just really like Walker in that offense with Mariota. Last year he kind of showed what he could do with that, and I got him at three. Sewell. Top three. Gronk. <laughs> like, come on. like Gronk, number one. Um, Jordan Reed, number two. And Greg Olsen, number three. The problem is with the tight ends in fantasy football, if you rank them 1 to 10, there's a skill gap, huge skill gap between Gronk and Reed. Reed to Olsen. I can't even tell you number 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I mean, this is dis- it's disgusting. Yeah, but ben- right now. Benjamin's back now. He's going to take targets and touchdowns away from uh, Olsen. Exactly. That's why the tight end position in the NFL is diminishing. It's not, it's not what it used to be. Okay, but Delaney Walker is going to score more than Greg Olsen this year. I highly doubt that. Let's, what are we betting? Let's bet on air. We'll write it down here. What do you guys? What do you guys? What do you willing, want to bet? Do you willing to bet? I'll, I mean, I was about to say a Porsche. Give me, give a me Porsche? a pick for next year. No, but no. that's collusion. Let's so, bet a Porsche. Five dollars. Five dollars. Okay. Shake my hand. Right, Olsen versus Delaney Walker. All right, you folks, remember that I got it written down. Five bucks. We will revisit this. And just letting you know. Olsen, um, our owners in our league, Team Vincent, Vinny Vitrone, and Tommy Sinclair, thought it was a good idea to trade up to get a tight end in the fourth round. Please, do not trade up for a tight end. There is no point in trading up for a tight end. Why? In the fourth well, round? He just mentioned that there's the only round. four. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with mine now, now that Commissioner is done being mean to other owners. <laughs> uh I got Gronk at number one, believe it or not. I have Greg Olson number two. And number three, so I guess I have you winning this bet, the Greg Olson-Walker bet. Thank you. But I do have Delaney Walker at number three, strictly because I don't think Jordan Reed will play 16 games. Uh, he's had injury concerns the one year, and he didn't even play all 16 last year and had a monster year, but he's just too much of an injury risk for me. Delaney Walker, love his consistency. Love, I don't think that Olsen, Olsen will obviously lose targets to Benjamin, but 
he's still he's still rock solid. He's still probably gonna get the most targets, if not second, and it won't be like a a one and two. It'll be a one A, one B type of thing. So I got Olsen two, Walker three, and then Reed four. Reed only missed two games last year, by the way. He's still he's always gonna miss a game or two here or there. So just to go over our consensus rankings, we have as a as a podcast consensus wise, we have Aaron Rodgers one, Cam Newton two, Russell Wilson three, Drew Brees four. We have David Johnson one, Ezekiel Elliott two, AP three. We have Antonio Brown one, OBJ two, Julio Jones three, and we have Gronk one. We have Jordan Reed at two. Yep. And we have Greg Olson at three with Delaney Walker at four, a close fourth. So that's our consensus rankings in terms of the top guys at the major positions. So the more that you have of those, the better chance we think you have of winning your championship. Obviously, check out the late risers on your waiver wire and try to build your team. Um. And we're going to finish off today's show with a little bit of some bold predictions. Now, the it could be super bold. It could be mildly bold. Just make sure that it is a hot take. I'm no, I don't want no lukewarm takes. I want hot takes. So we will start with CeeLo. Give us some bold predictions. You make bold predictions basically every show, but now it's time to put them in stone. These are getting written down. We are revisiting these. You already already might have made five bucks off today's podcast. So no, let's you're not, not going to. Edge, I'm willing to make that bet with you too. Like I said, I'm th- like I said, I'm down fifty dollars betting, so I'll revisit this if I do well week one of the NFL. Uh, people are taking my money right now. Don't come to me for betting advice. Um, All right, see you bold, bold prediction. Let's see it. Bold prediction. You know, you know, Eddie Lacy. Oh my God. Again, I'll say it over and over and over again. This guy will take the top off with 1,400 yards, 11 TDs. That's bold prediction, everyone. I also got... How much total yards, then? You're saying 1,400 rushing? Yeah. So how many receiving? 300? So you're going... about. I mean, you got James Starks out there. So you're going for 1,700 total yards and 11 TDs? Is he receiving any touchdowns? Probably not, no. Okay, so 11 total TDs and 1,700 yards from scrimmage for Eddie Lacy. They have the easiest schedule. And so, you know, at the end of the games, they'll be up and they just run the ball. All right. You got any more from here or no? Yep. I got Derek Carr finishes fourth in fantasy, in fantasy quarterback rankings wow. over Luck and Breeze. Wow. I really do think this kid is very, very good. He will, you know, I'm just going to say it again. Take the top off. 35 touchdowns. You should have to take a shirt off every single time you say that. I should. Please, no. Please don't do that. I'd like Steve? to. Not. I'd like to see it. Steve, go ahead with your bold prediction. My bold prediction is Keenan Allen will finish fourth overall in wide receiver rankings who's ahead that? of who's Keenan Allen. He's uh, the wide receiver <laughs> on the San Diego Chargers. He will finish ahead of DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green. I actually had this. No. Week. Yeah. I actually had, especially, especially in PPR leagues, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, last year, if he was healthy all 16 games, he only played eight games, he would have finished seventh overall. Obviously, that's behind that would be behind guys like DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green. But I like yeah. I like the connection he has with Phillip Rivers. And I think especially in PPR leagues, that's that's my guy, top four. I hate that, but I could see it happening, but I hate that. Uh stop disrespecting AJ Green. 
Um, my bold predictions. Uh, you guys came with warm takes. I'm coming with fire. Antonio Brown, 2,000 yards. He's going to have your first 2,000-yard wide receiver season. 16 touchdowns. One touchdown for every game he plays. He will be the wide receiver one. Not only will he be the wide receiver one, he will be the number one player in fantasy football above every single quarterback. He is going to outscore every quarterback in the fantasy football world in .5 PPR and PPR leagues. PPR, that's not as bold, .5 PPR. He is going to go off. Aaron Rodgers, however, I got 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. Um, I haven't done the full scoring on that to see if that, well, I got to include interceptions, but I still have Antonio Brown outscoring him. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, winning the MVP of the league from Antonio Brown, who will finish second. And the Seattle Seahawks defense is going for 200 plus points. They're going to score more points than most of your running backs and wide receivers, uh, depending on what scoring system you're in. Seattle defense for me, I've, I've been hesitant to say this. I think as soon as the 10th round hits, they're the most valuable person on the board. 200-plus um, points for the Seattle defense, better than the Broncos did last season. So, boom, there's your hot takes. Well, I have one question for you guys. Terrence West or Spencer Ware? If Forsett mm. doesn't, if, if Forsett doesn't... If Forsett doesn't return? Yeah. I'd say Terrence West by a hair. Me too. All right. That's if Forsett doesn't return. But... Kenneth Dixon is coming back. It really depends on Jamal Charles' health. If Jamal Charles takes over that backfield like he should by about week four, then Spencer Ware is going to be more of just a touchdown-reliant Jeremy Hill type of guy with probably less carries. But um, if Justin Forsett returns and Kenneth Dixon comes back by about week four, I'll take Ware. And just one more thing, guys. Um, Please do not draft Mike Wallace. Uh, Steve's brother told me last night that Mike Wallace is going to have a good season. With the Ravens, and Travis Benjamin's gonna have a great season also with the Chargers. Yeah, um, Travis Benjamin draft. is good, but he went undrafted in the last two drafts that I had. So, all right. So basically, you've heard a lot of takes on a lot of different players today. That's all the time we have. We have had some bold predictions. We talked a little bit about what to do and what not to do in some drafts. And that's all the time we have for today. So to remember to tweet us your questions at hashtag SSFantasy. Uh, make sure to check us out on SoundCloud.com slash Skyscraper Sports. And our next podcast will be when football is actually happening. No more projecting. It's time to actually talk about the real thing. I know I cannot wait. So four days to a Super Bowl rematch. I'm taking the Panthers minus three. Pray for me. And uh, that's all the time we got for today. So thank you for tuning in to the Skyscraper Fantasy Spotlight Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye. See ya.